Very appropriately, we're talking today in the first of a short series of three messages that we're going to do on cultivating your core, and today, cultivating faith. Faith, hope, and love will be the three themes, and today we're talking about cultivating faith. How do we become stronger in our faith, and what do we actually mean by that? And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Um, you can see the, the graphic up there. I don't know whether you've ever been given exercises, instructions. Uh, my daughter is a physio, the younger one, given me uh, instructions on some exercises, which I'm not at all good at doing, on how to strengthen my core, to support my back, which can sometimes be a bit of an issue. And um, I know some people like Nicola who've done the plank, which you can see on the picture. Remember when we were in, visiting you in China, doing the plank. I thought, what? Doing the plank? What do you want to do that for? Um, but it strengthens your core. It strengthens your core. And uh, there are things, there are spiritual exercises that we can do to strengthen our inner being. It's interesting because faith is also described in Scripture as a gift. So faith is a gift from God, but it's also something that we have responsibility to seek to develop and to grow in and to strengthen. So we'll be looking at that kind of two aspects to that as we consider this this morning. Faith matters. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews says. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, if we think about what is faith, it says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Being sure of something, being certain of something, even though we don't see it. We've talked about that this morning already, haven't we? The word in the New Testament that's translated there for faith is pistis, which means conviction or reliance upon. Okay, so not something kind of airy-fairy. It's something very tangible in the expression. It's something we rely on. That's part of the heart of the, the very meaning of the word. If we try to think about what is our faith... The most important first thing is this, that we think about who our faith is in. So it's not I have faith in something, it's we have faith in someone who is God Almighty, whose self-portrait we have spent some weeks looking at in previous months. And he's the one who is faithful, abounding in love and faithfulness, in fact. And he's the one in whom we put our faith, in whom we put our trust. It's really important that you know who you're putting your faith in. That's why we spent weeks looking at aspects of God himself, his self-portrait. He wants us to be in the place where we absolutely know he's real. That we absolutely know that he is true. That he is genuine. That he is full of love that he is abounding in faithfulness, that we can absolutely and utterly rely and depend on him, that he is for you, as we just sang. We know these things as believers in Jesus, but we can also know them more fully as he kind of presses these truths into our hearts. Our faith is in God. He's proved himself faithful. 
One of you just take a moment to think about ways in which God has proved himself faithful to you. Just cast your mind back for a second in your life. Think about times when you've known the faithfulness of God. Sometimes you notice it with hindsight when you look back. I think of a time when God spoke to Andrew and I about giving away our savings at the time, which wasn't a lot of money, so don't be too impressed, but we did it. And then the cooker broke down within a very short, a few days, I think it was. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Guess what? Somebody comes and gives us a gift, which was exactly what we needed to buy a new cooker. It's God's faithful. That's part of my memory bank, which is why it just came back to mind as I'm speaking to you. You will have your own experiences, things of which you, ways you know God is faithful. He's proved himself faithful to you. The fact that actually you're sitting here in this room this morning or you're watching online on YouTube, you are very welcome, whoever you are and wherever you are, demonstrates that his faithfulness to you. He's given you life. He's given you breath. He's called you to belong to the, the people of God. He's, he's enabled you to be physically in this room or wherever you are this morning. He's faithful. He sustains your very life, your very being. He gave you breath in the first place. These kind of fundamental aspects of the faithfulness of God towards us. It was Solomon who was able to say 500 years after Moses had been leading the people of God, Solomon said this, not one word has failed of all his wonderful promises that he gave through his servant Moses. 500 years of history, not one promise has failed said Solomon. Isaiah prophesied in 900 BC approximately the becoming of the Messiah. 900 years later, Jesus comes. The faithfulness of God is demonstrated again. We're going to look at five expressions of faith because there are different ways in which our faith gets expressed. The saving faith. Well, I've, I've just made these up just to help us get hooks on different aspects of, of faith. Saving faith, living faith, obedient faith, miraculous faith, persevering faith. They're all kind of different angles, if you like, of the diamond that you could call faith. You look at it from a different angle, and actually they're all aspects of the faith that God has called us to and gives to us. Saving faith, first of all then. This is fundamentally a gift from God. I'm going to read to you a couple of verses from Ephesians chapter 2. Just listen to this. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead. That demonstrates better than anything the fact that your saving faith, if you're a Christian this morning, was a gift from God. Because all of us were spiritually dead. That's the truth. And when you're dead, you are unable to respond. God had to take the initiative to bring you to life so that you could respond. It's then your responsibility as to whether you do respond or not or how you respond. A long time ago, I had to be in the presence of a corpse. Not for too long, I'm glad to say. And it was Angela's father. And I had to witness the closing of the coffin. And as you look, I looked at his body, because it wasn't him, it was his body. It's just lifeless. Nothing there. That's what you were like, spiritually. 
you were dead, gray, unable to respond in sin. But God, <laughs> but God spoke, spoke life into your soul and enabled you to make a response. That's the gift of saving faith. And if you're not yet a believer in Jesus this morning, he is here wanting to give you that gift. He's holding it out to you. You say, come on, the very fact that you're here this morning or you're watching, listening online, the, that very fact is God giving you an opportunity. He's saying, okay, come on, come on, wake up, wake up, wake up. But Jesus said to people that they refused to believe in him. You have that option. It's a very, very foolish option. But you have the option to refuse. To refuse the offer of salvation. The offer of forgiveness. The offer of reconciliation with God. That is made to you in Jesus. My appeal to you this morning is... Don't turn down, don't refuse the offer that God, by his spirit, is giving you today. If you know that's you, whoops, in that rack over there, there are copies of this book, booklet, Why Jesus. Take one of those, read it, and you'll find at the end a prayer that you can make your prayer to give yourself to God for the rest of your life and to receive the forgiveness that he offers you in saving faith in Jesus Christ. And do talk to somebody. Mention it to somebody you know here or if you don't know anybody, come and talk to me or one of the others who you've seen leading the front here. We'd love to help you and to talk to you about how we can help you on your journey that we found is the best journey in the world to know God. Saving faith. Secondly, Living faith. Our faith is in him. Unwavering faith based on the character of God and the word of God. This is really faith for living life under God, if you like. That's what we're talking about here. And there are different aspects of that. There's faith for provision. Believing Jesus when he said... Don't worry about food and clothes. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. It's a really clear promise and he calls us to believe his word. Capital W, if you like, his word. It's in the word, the scriptures, the Bible. Faith for provision. Faith for protection. Wow, is that what our brothers and sisters in Ukraine need at this moment? Faith for protection. The disciples were in the boat with Jesus. Do you remember the story perhaps? And they think they're going to drown. They say, they wake Jesus up, we're going to drown. And he says to them, are you of little faith? Why are you so afraid? Peter is sinking in the water whilst having amazingly stepped out onto it in the first place. He, he's, he's starting to sink and, and Jesus says, are you of little faith? There, was, there is this kind of lack of faith that can enter our souls and cause us these challenges and these difficulties in our walk. But God 
wants you to know that he is watching over you. Hasn't that been a theme of our worship actually this morning? He's with you. He's watching over you. I knew that when I was driving down the M11 at 60 miles an hour in the dark, in the rain, and long story, which I'll cut incredibly short, ended up having to swerve for somebody parked in the outside lane, which isn't a very sensible thing to do. Uh, clipped another car. I went like this, round and round and round at 60, in the rain, in the wet, in the dark, and found myself going forwards under control onto the hard shoulder in the rush hour with cars pouring down. I thought, how did I get out of that? I think, I believe it was the protection of God. Absolutely do. Eddick sent this through the other day, which to me illustrates his unwavering faith in the midst of the storm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Even when I don't see it, you're working. We sang it, didn't we, a few moments ago. We have a fundamental faith in a faithful God who watches over us, cares for us. Come what may, we can trust him. And you know, we have faith in him because we know him. We know who he is and what he's like. And so the more we know him, the more we have faith in him. So the fundamental way in which we grow in our faith is we get to know him better. We give ourselves to all the aspects of that process and journey and developing of our relationship. And it's not rocket science, is it? We spend time with him intentionally. We devote ourselves to doing that. And it's funny how this, this last weird couple of years have in some ways created space and opportunity. But also it's like a wave of inertia has, has come across the church. And I felt that myself. There's this wave of inertia. And so we can end up being very much less active and more passive than we were. And that can include, if we're not careful, our pursuit of God himself. And if we don't pursue him and our relationship with him, if we start to drift then we will begin to feel like God's further away. We will begin to see him less clearly, be, begin to be less filled with faith in the God that we actually do know and love because we have failed to keep connected to him and we have allowed ourselves to drift. And if that's you, his call to you today is come back. Come back. Move back towards him. Move back towards him. The more we devote ourselves to knowing him, the stronger our faith in him will be. I have a couple of other practical points that you can pursue, and I'll just list them in a moment. But fundamentally, it's about devotion to him. It's about knowing him and our relationship with him. You see, faith is a gift from God on the one hand, but it is very much also our responsibility 
to pursue. <laughs> and both are true. It's not one or the other. It's both and. Living faith. Thirdly, obedient faith. Hebrews 11 says this. If you want to read a chapter of the Bible about faith, read Hebrews 11. I'm going to have to skip, skip short now because I think it's important we do. But verse 7 says this. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. Now you'll probably know the story of Noah. Most, most people have come across it at some point in their lives. It's an extraordinary story. Do you know, the thing about this particular story, when it says warned about things not yet seen, do you know that was actually rain? The Bible says there's been no rain up until then. So Noah get, hears God say to him, Noah, build this big boat because there's a flood coming. Hang on a minute. What did it take for him to believe that? That's amazing. It can't have made any sense at all. But he did it. And you know, when Jesus said to the assistants at the wedding when they'd run out of wine, you know, go and pour water into those big jars and then start pouring it, and it made no sense at all, what, his, what did his mother said to them? Do whatever he tells you. And that's, I believe, a really important word for you today. Do whatever he tells you. We build our life on obeying both the word of God, capital W, and the words of God, small w. Things that he says to us personally and specifically through our lives. Like he appears to Noah and says, build an ark. You think, what? That doesn't make any sense at all. I really believe God wants you to, to hear this, that there are times when you need to do what God says, whether it makes sense or not. Now, do check it with other people you know, before you do something really silly. But sometimes you do need to do something that might seem a bit silly because actually you've weighed it up and in your spirit and with the reflection of others, you think, no, actually this is God. Actually this is God. And uh, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Some of the house group leaders are probably panicking now because I've just told people to do silly things. I trust I haven't done that. <laughs> do let's help one another in this. But please hear the heart of it. Let's do whatever he tells us. And it might be a tiny little thing. Uh, we need to trust the fact that we hear from God. Um, Andrew and I were talking about this in the week. And uh, a silly little example, but I hope it helps. Um, in terms of learning to hear the voice of God, it's step out on things and just see. So we were lived, when we first came to this area, we lived in a, a rented property. We were not used to hearing from God in the way that we would be more now. And... Um, Angela was, uh, we were in a rented property, none of the stuff in it was our own, we'd just moved to the area, and um, apparently Angela needed a rubber, and she didn't know, hadn't got a rubber, didn't know where there was a rubber, and she said to God, I, I just need a rubber, and she heard a voice in her head that said, look in the third drawer down over there in the kitchen. She thought, oh, there's the rubber. And that was a really important lesson. Because actually, God does speak. And we can ignore his voice so often. But you know, when God says to you, go and talk to that person. Act on it. What's the, what's the risk? Let, let's take a let's step out. Let's just try. Let's just see. 
what God might do. When we are conscious of his presence, we listen to his voice, ask him to speak to us, and he says, yeah, just go and do that. Go and do that. Go and do that. Let's step out and do it, see what happens. Obedient faith. There's lots more we could say because it's big things and small things. But start with the small things, and then you can work on the bigger things. Number four, miraculous faith. Miraculous faith. You know, the Israelites were told to uh, march round the city of Jericho seven times. What a ridiculous thing to do. They're trying to attack this city with massive great walls, and God says, go and walk around it seven times. What? But they did it, and on the seventh time, when they shouted out, as God told them to do, the walls fell down, and they piled into the city. A ridiculous thing to do, but they believed God, and the miracle happened. That's the point. Sometimes we need to step out and believe God, and then we'll see the miracle happen. He wants to increase our faith for the miraculous. He wants to do that. Healing, deliverance, spiritual gifts that we're told to eagerly desire, and yet they're gifts. That's such a good illustration of the fact that they're gifts from God. Things are, faith is a gift from God, but actually we're told to do something about it, as in eagerly desire and pursue. And so the two go in balance. Can we just say, remember this, you don't need a lot of faith. Jesus said, as much as the mustard seed... So it's not like, oh my word, I've got to grow in faith. No, no, no. You just, we just need a little, much, tiny little bit. That's the point he was making. So you only don't need much. Just need a little bit. That'll do. That's enough for God to work with so we can be encouraged by that. And then number five, persevering faith. Persevering faith. In, I, I ought to read this verse. 1 Peter 1, 6 to 7, then we're going to pray. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. When we go through the tough times, and we sung about that earlier as well, when things are difficult, when we're living in Ukraine right now, or we have our own challenges and difficulties and struggles. When life is tough, remember that our response to those things is an opportunity to continue to put our faith and trust in God that refines, the scripture says, our faith. That we will not waver, we will not be put off by, we will not lose our faith and trust in God because things are difficult. No, we will continue to trust because we know that he is faithful. We know who he is and he is the one in whom we put our trust. Nothing circumstantially changes who he is or what he's like. And so we put our trust in the faithful one. And as we do that, our faith is, the Bible tells us, purified. It's it's worth more than gold. Your faith is the most precious thing you have. And God wants to help you grow it. He wants it to be refined. He wants you to become more like Jesus. And he allows us to go through tough stuff as part of the journey. That's what happens. Okay, so how do we grow our faith? We've talked about our devotion to God, giving ourselves to our relationship with him. I would say, put it this way, be fixated on Jesus. 
That's absolutely biblical. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the author and the perfecter. There is a perfection process going on for your faith that he is engaged with. Keep your eyes fixed on him and he will complete the process. Number two, read and believe the word of God and the words of God. Number three, pray in tongues every day if you're a believer because it strengthens you and edifies you. And if we don't pray in tongues, we're neglecting the very gift of God's given us to help us grow and be strong. Number four, act on the word of God and the words of God. Number five, share stories of what God has done. Really important and utterly biblical. Can I say to group leaders, make this a habit when your group meets. To say, okay, let's, let's share, just share, share a couple of stories. What's God been doing? That builds faith. It builds faith as we learn and grow from one another. And number five, finally, six, sorry, submit to mystery. Submit to mystery. Don't fight it. When you just don't understand, don't allow that to feed rebellion or rejection of God or doubt in him, but say, no, nothing is going to change my absolute conviction in who God is and what he's like. I don't understand this at all, but I'm not, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm going to hold on to who God is and submit to the mystery that I have to deal with in the meantime. Let's pray together. Would you like to stand? Each of us will have different aspects of our journey, different aspects of our faith journey that we are aware we want to see or need to be strengthened. And so I'd love to pray for us now. So whichever aspect of what we've spoken about this morning is for you, why don't we just hold our hands out before God? He's delighted to to come and meet with us. He calls us, first of all, for our response, us to play our part, to take our responsibility for our part of the journey. So just be talking to him, saying to him in your heart whatever you need to say to him, whether it be asking him to forgive you for unbelief, for where you've allowed yourself to doubt his integrity or his character or his faithfulness. You need to ask him to forgive you for that and repent of that. It may be that you, you know you need the strengthening of God to trust him for protection or provision. It may be you, you really want to, to grow in Faith for the miraculous. Or it may be you're simply saying to God, I'll do whatever you tell me. Lord, we stand before you as your people and we love you. We thank you for meeting with us today. Lord, you've heard the prayers of the heart of every person. You know what each one is looking to you for today. 
I pray, come now and give your grace. Receive his grace. The blessing of God Almighty. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be on you. The presence of the Spirit be in your heart. Bringing faith, causing faith to rise, giving bedrock conviction of the truth of who God is and what he's like. The foundations of faith in your heart. Be strengthened in Jesus' name. As the refiner's fire purges your life and your faith as you go through the furnace that refines your faith, receive his grace again. Receive his strength again. This infusion of spiritual strength and faith of heart to trust him come what may and to do whatever he tells you in Jesus name